Well, good morning. What a joy to be with you wonderful people today. And I always like it when Simon reads from the scripture. I'm woken up and I love the passion. Um, Now, normally you would expect me to delve really deep into the passage, or at least I hope that you would, and unpack it. But actually what we're doing is something quite different in our series at the moment, where we're going to be looking this kind of half term at the Holy Spirit's work and personhood throughout Scripture. So, if you've got some deep and meaningful questions about that passage, um, then we will tackle those afterwards. I'm possibly not going to, to answer them in this particular talk, but let's dive in anyway. Has anyone um, noticed, by the way, the trend um, of kind of hanging houseplants? Anyone notice the increase in the trend of houseplants? Penny has, there's a few nods, Melanie. You've got that nice new shop over there on the high road, you've noticed that. And anyone been to Ikea recently? Anybody with students they've been packing up or anything like that? Um, It's covered in houseplants. And I've noticed this trend growing. And as I've visited people's homes in Chiswick, I've always expected them to be quite beautifully decorated. But I've become kind of absorbed by these kind of hanging houseplants. And and then I kind of found that... um, um, there's now a hanging houseplant in my kitchen. And I realized that I've obviously kind of succumbed to the trend. But there's something, isn't there, where we become conscious of something over time. Um, and then the difference of that leading us into an experience of it ourselves. So now I have an experience of a hanging plant. And I guess my hope as we do this series on the Holy Spirit is, yes, we'll learn a bit more, we'll be talking about it, we'll be thinking about it more. But in the act of that, my hope is that each of us will grow in an actual experience and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So let's enjoy together being more conscious of the Holy Spirit and see what happens as we journey together in that. Uh, Last week, I didn't uh, hear Celia's sermon. I'm afraid I've still got that on my to-do list because we have a staff induction week. It's been a busy week, but I am going to listen. But one of the things that you may have picked up on is the kind of presence of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. Right there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. And we tracked the Holy Spirit kind of throughout the whole of Scripture noting that perhaps Acts 2 that was read to us last week is possibly the passage we think of most when we think of the Holy Spirit, that time when it comes with the fire and the wind on the disciples and they go out and they proclaim the message of the risen Jesus. So today we're just going to look at uh, three things very quickly. The Holy Spirit as a person, the Holy Spirit is God, And the Holy Spirit is a distinct member of the Trinity. So firstly, the Holy Spirit as a person. I wonder, um, today you're probably conscious, like I am, like many of us, that some of the biggest evils in our society is the human trafficking movement. The kind of places in society where we dehumanize other people where we essentially put people to a life of slavery, we make people a commodity. And I think everybody in this room would put their hand up and say, that is an awful, 
awful, disgusting evil of our time. We would all say that. As Christians, we need to be super careful that we don't fall into the trap of thinking of the Holy Spirit as some sort of force, like in Star Wars, the force be with you. And forget that the Holy Spirit is indeed a person to be respected. You see, sometimes we can have a tendency to think of the Holy Spirit as not a person. We can kind of want to wield the kind of the Holy Spirit's kind of power. We can sort of say, come Holy Spirit, do this Holy Spirit in our prayers. And we kind of forget that the scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a person. And the reason we had our reading today from Acts chapter 13 is uh, because it shows us, say very clearly, the Holy Spirit's work as a person. In verse 2, the Holy Spirit speaks. A force doesn't speak, a person speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks and directs the disciples. The Holy Spirit then goes on to be in, in them in Paul and operates great discernment through Paul and that's a kind of tricky awkward situation we have at the end of our reading today the Holy Spirit is a person if you uh, flick back a little bit in Acts and uh, you look at Acts chapter 8, we have this incredible uh, and interesting story of Simon the Sorcerer. Now, Simon the Sorcerer was a great magician of his time, and he had the brilliant nickname the people gave him of his town. They said, Simon the Sorcerer is the great power. Brilliant nickname, the great power. Here comes the great power. And when the disciples enter that place in Samaria and uh, they... They start preaching about Jesus and they do miracles. The people of that place are amazed. And even Simon is amazed. And Simon begins to believe in Jesus. But Simon doesn't quite get the Holy Spirit. Simon thinks of the Holy Spirit as a, as a force, not as a person. And so he goes up to the disciples and he says, I'll pay you money. You give me this, this Holy Spirit stuff and I'll like pay you money for it. And then the disciple Peter, probably one of my most favorite disciples because he has great pastoral tact, um, turns around to Simon the sorcerer and says this, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness. Pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Great pastoral sensitivity, Peter. But He's showing a kind of, if you like, actually, a super tough love towards Simon the Sorcerer. Hang on a minute. Don't you dare think that the Holy Spirit is some sort of force or power that you can buy, that you can command at your own will. The Holy Spirit is a person. You've got to get your thinking right. The Holy Spirit is not a commodity. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
And some of us seasoned Christians might be sat there and thinking, yes, well, I know that, and I wouldn't be so stupid as Simon the Sorcerer. But, you know, I've been really challenged this week. Uh, Am I treating the Holy Spirit as a person? How am I talking to the Holy Spirit? Am I taking time to build a friendship with the Holy Spirit? You see, the scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit, like the whole of God, is all-powerful. But it also teaches us that the Holy Spirit is sensitive. It says in our Bible that it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. There's a sense that the person of the Holy Spirit is actually a very sensitive person. I've certainly had the experience, uh, I've had it here at Christ Church, where we've had a great worship time, and uh, I've really sensed the the Holy Spirit, and then I've gone home, and I've been like really ratty with Richard about something, and then suddenly the presence of the Spirit is less great than it was. I wonder if you've had that experience in your life ever of a more intense sense of the Holy Spirit being in you or present with you, and then it kind of fleeing away somewhat when you've distanced yourself or gone a bit wrong. Now we need to be a little bit careful here because we need to understand that the Holy Spirit isn't easily frightened. If the Holy Spirit's got a mission to complete, then the Holy Spirit's going to do that. The Holy Spirit isn't frightened. The Holy Spirit is God. But there's a sense that the Bible teaches us that the person of the Holy Spirit is nonetheless a sensitive person and that it is possible for us to grieve the Holy Spirit. There's a beautiful story in R.T. Kendall's book called The Sensitivity of the Spirit where he talks about a couple who are on the mission field and they've entered their new home on the mission field and it's a lovely home and they're, they're there and they've noticed that a dove has come to live sort of with them. But every time they have a little argument and they raise their voices or they stomp around the house and they slam the door, the dove flutters away. But they've loved this dove's company. They've liked seeing it and watching it perch on their balcony. They've enjoyed its presence. And so this couple make a remarkable decision. They decide that they are going to adjust their lives to the dove because the dove is never going to adjust to them and so they start to lower their voices to be careful how they close the doors because they want the dove to reside with them and there's a sense with us too as believers today that if we want to be close we want to host the holy spirit that we will need to adjust his sensitivities and so the question for us is do we want to hang out with the Holy Spirit are we going to spend time adjusting to the Holy Spirit or do we just see the Holy Spirit as a force to use when we're in need the Holy Spirit is God The early church went on a a kind of massive journey to understand that the God is 
three persons, three in one. It's called Trinitarian Theology. Um, if you can't get to sleep tonight, start Googling it and start reading all about Trinitarian Theology. It's really deep, really heavy. Essentially, it is a mystery that we will never quite plow to the depths of. And yet, we are invited to experience it. If you are a Christian today, you can know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the early church went on a journey as they, as they kind of pieced together this God of three persons but one. And they kind of discovered through the scripture and experience together this God. You see, they knew Yahweh, the one God, the almighty God throughout the whole of the Old Testament, the amazing God who is totally for them. He invites them into living under his kingship and is for the flourishing of them. And then they encounter Jesus, who is God with them showing them God's ways, bringing to life the freedom they can have through forgiveness of sins. And then the spirit, that spirit that had been prophesied about in the Old Testament, is outpoured and they begin to experience God in them. God for them, God with them, God in them. bit like a family... Three beings of the same essence having slightly different roles to play. And the Holy Spirit in us is what we're invited to encounter as we journey with God. Now sometimes this is where we get a little bit nervous as a church because... Um, we get nervous for a lot of reasons. I think we get nervous because we don't have much of an understanding of the Holy Spirit. And we get nervous because actually we lack an intimacy with the Holy Spirit ourselves. So we're not sure what it looks like. But can I just ask of you to remember what I've said about this person of the Holy Spirit? He's a sensitive person. He is not going to barge into your life and take control of you. And sometimes we're worried about that because maybe we've seen people who look like they've been filled with the Holy Spirit and maybe we've heard them shrieking or crying or, or strange behavior and we're not, we're not too sure about that. And um, do you know what? We're not invited to switch off our minds when we come into church. Of course, there's an element of group psychology that goes on sometimes and there are times when things get overplayed and go wrong and all of that kind of jazz. But listen carefully. When you go to see a human counsellor, they will ask of you many, many questions. And as they do that, unpicking with you, they will be trying to get to a point of breakthrough where you understand more about yourself and what's going on in your life. And as they do that, it is so common in a human counselling situation for there to be tears for there to be emotion and for there to be a physical reaction. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit is working in people, it won't be uncommon to see those same physiological reactions. But if you don't want to cry, 
and you don't want to fall on the floor, you don't want to shake, you don't want to look like a weirdo, I promise you the Holy Spirit will very, 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 very rarely override you on that because he is sensitive and is a gentleman to you. But if you are brave enough to open yourself to the work of the Spirit in your life, yes, the Spirit may do all kinds of things with you, but you can trust the person of the Spirit because it is God, all-knowing, all-loving, all-kind, and totally about your good. I remember um, I had a gap year in India, and I'm sure I've told this story probably before, um, but I had one day where I, I went and helped an Indian lady, a lovely Indian lady who I lived with, great friends. I helped her run a children's club in the afternoon. And by help her run it, I mean she ran it because my Hindi was pretty rubbish. I was just there on a gap year. But I was her companion. I helped her. I supported her. I played games with the kids. I tidied up around the edges and all that kind of thing. And uh, it got to one week, and she was really ill. And she said to me, Nicola, the children are still going to go. They're going to be expecting the club. Can you just go and do it? I was like, oh, all right then. Okay. Thinking, this is crazy, but fine. Off we go. So I got in my rickshaw, and I was traveling towards where we, we rented a little room. And the children that we were working with were children who lived on the boats on the Ganges River. Very, very poor community of children, lovely children. And uh, I arrived at the room that we rented. Um, but on the way, the police were coming out onto the streets with their sticks. And I began to feel like the tension rising in the city where we was. And in the distance, I could hear the sound of rioting and chanting. And I suddenly realized that the streets was actually very empty. And I'd clearly not picked up on the fact that something was happening. And so I just thought, I'm out now. I'm sort of closer to, to where I'm heading than home. I'm just going to get into that, that room that we rent. And so I got into the room that we rent, and the rickshaw driver just raced off. I was like, oh, my goodness. There's some sort of massive fight brewing. And, there's, and I could hear the chanting. I could hear the sticks. And I could hear the fighting. And it was horrible. And the whole atmosphere suddenly felt incredibly dark. And as this sort of darkness descended around me, and obviously naturally in human terms, I was a bit frightened and a bit unsure what to do and how long I might have to stay in this room for and are they, what am I going to do if any children turn up? And um, obviously no children turned up. They knew their culture, they knew the society and they knew what was going on. I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? And I just felt God just say, I just want you just to sing. Just start singing. Just sing praises to me. And those of you who know me well here will know I'm never in the band. Um, that would be a really bad Sunday if I ever have to be in the band. Um, I've got a very limited range. Um, not a great singer. I don't know how to project. And my voice is just a bit kind of wobbly and, and quiet. But as I sang, the person of the Holy Spirit entered that room. And I cannot explain it to you well enough, but it was as if a choir was singing in that room. And I know without a doubt <laughs> that it was the Holy Spirit singing and helping me sing because I cannot sing like that. 
And I just sang for a little while, and the atmosphere began to change, and I could hear the noises were quieting down, and some people were starting to unlock and bolt, unbolt the doors around me, and some people were starting to wander on the street. And this little girl, Artie, she ran up and she banged the door, and, Auntie Nicola, Auntie Nicola, um, <laughs> she said, and I opened the door to Artie, and she said, where are all the other singers? There aren't any other singers, Artie. I think God was just helping me sing. I was a bit frightened. And she said, Papa sent me to walk you back home, Auntie Nicola. You must go home now. And she walked me back through, through the alleys as her dad had spied me on my own. The Holy Spirit is a person. Psalm 139. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. The Spirit is everywhere. He's active in creation and he is the agent of new birth. And he's the agent of the resurrection. The Holy Spirit is something that we want more of in our lives. We want to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. We want to be hosts of the Holy Spirit. Because that is the power that enables us to actually live this Christian life out in the world. It helps us live it tomorrow, whatever that looks like, whether that's getting kids off to school, or whether that's in our nursing home, whether that's amongst our family, whether that's whatever it looks like for us. The Holy Spirit is what activates and enables us to live out this Christian life. So why would we close ourselves off from that? We do not need to be afraid of the person of the Holy Spirit. He is sensitive and he is a gentleman. If you shout and slam the door, he will flee. And some of us might need to say sorry and invite him back. Some of us might need to just open ourselves up the fact that this Holy Spirit that is God and a distinct member of the Trinity wants to be with us. Should we stand together for a moment if you're, if you're able? Um, And the reason we do this in church is not because it is magic, but it is about a opening of ourselves, a kind of saying, I, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes we invite people to hold their hands out to receive more of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we don't need to do that, but it's, uh, we do need to take a step towards this person of the Holy Spirit. It's the person that needs inviting and welcoming in. And if you'd like to do that as I pray, then you're very welcome to. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our lives today. Help us not to be afraid 
Help us to acknowledge you. Help us to understand that you are a person of the triune God. And I pray especially over this congregation that we might hear your voice speaking to us like those disciples in Acts 13. That as we pray, we might hear you speaking and directing us. That you'd give us capacity tomorrow morning and just before we get to that to-do list, to just invite you in, to see if there's something you want to say. Would you grow us in that, Lord?